Every day you wake up to something new Whether that be a challenge or a new opportunity And let me tell you, that's a great thing Now you gon' have some battles You'll get your wins and you'll have your losses But no matter the outcome, there's always light at the end of the tunnel Alright, let's go Grinding every day cause I gotta get it Waking from my dream cause I'm trying to live it Make my own lane, don't care if I fit in If I want something I do it, no I'm never quitting now Honor my path, reaching my goals no matter how Bring on the wrath, promise ain't nothing gon' knock me down Tell me can you feel the vibe yet? This the encouraged mindset Hello and welcome to another episode of Encourage Mindset. My name is Ethan Vandehei and I have another guest speaker ready for you guys. But before I get into it with RJ Parrish, I just want to make sure that whether you're looking to accomplish a massive goal or complete a project, that these guest speakers can help remind you why you're doing it. The most important thing to remember is that the greatest source of motivation will come from you. It's time to go get what you deserve. And today, I am ready, and I hope you're ready, for our guest speaker, RJ Parrish. Like you said, my name's RJ Parrish, and uh, to give a super high-level background, I grew up in very rural northern Michigan, tiny town uh k through 12 school one building like the whole building was under 800 students so very small i mean graduating class like 40 people so i I came from a you know very small town background and you know i went to college for a, a psychology background i always had this interest in why do people do what they do you know why do we why do we become the people that we do and Oddly enough, uh, studying psychology gave me no answers, only more questions. Over time, I pivoted into marketing, looking at more of why do people buy what they buy? Why, you know, all of the psychological effects of uh, consumerism and advertising. And that kind of led me into the video world, which is such a, a powerful medium from conveying emotion and persuasion and communication. And really over the last few years, I've been uh, running a video production company. And so much of what I do is around mindset. It's around how do we convey ourselves? How do we communicate with others? How do we instill feeling or share some sort of connection with people asynchronously? Because more often than not, in the the marketing world, that's the whole goal. is to create some sort of connection between what you can do for someone, whether it's your product or your service, and the problem that you're solving and if you want to bridge that gap it usually takes some sort of emotional connection exactly and emotional connections are what i try to do with having you guys on as guest speakers and to build an emotional connection i want you to connect with our audience today about as you said mindset and motivation so personally what is your mindset and what is your motivations that you currently have yeah uh over the last few years i've noticed a trend uh 
and I've kind of noticed this my whole life, but it really became obvious when I got a little bit older and I got to work with a bigger variety of people in that whether you are a fresh out of college, um, you know, first time employee or the CEO of a large company, people have uh, an incredibly insecure uh, viewpoint of themselves most of the time. Uh, someone who can close million dollar deals on the phone and then freaks out when they get a headshot taken. And it usually stems with some sort of, uh, we're very uncomfortable about ourselves, about how to portray ourselves and communicate uh, who we are to the world. And there's a lot of evolutionary aspects to it of wanting to be accepted, to be uh, protected by the larger group, to belong. And a lot of what motivates me is pushing people to understand that what they have to say matters because not everyone believes it. Most don't. They think, who am I to want to have some sort of impact? You know, who am I to believe that I can help other people or make some sort of change? Who am I to say that I'm an expert? And I'm on the other side telling them what you have is unique. No one can explain it like you can. No one has your story. No one has your perspective. That could be exactly what someone out there needs. And that's been my take of, I think, you know, there's so many people who do, you know, the same stuff as us, who may have a similar show, who may be a competitor in business, but they aren't us. And I think there's a lot of power and a lot of freedom to be had. And when we accept that who we are is unique, and if we lean into it, it's what will separate us. Yeah, I love that. And I think I agree with your points there. I think a lot of people give up on something easily because already happened. It already was a thing. It already has been created. It's already been discovered. It's already been maybe a podcast show. So I agree with those points. And ultimately, I think the world really affects a lot of our decisions. And so that what like it comes up to our first question today is why do we engage in self-destructive habits while ignoring our better judgment? I think there's a there's a lot to unpack in that. And I think one is a lack of bad or a, a presence of bad information and bad environments uh, for a lot of people that we just don't really understand how much control we actually have in our lives. So we we just kind of ride the hamster wheel of paying bills till we die and go to work on Monday and get through it and slog through it and, you know, try and turn a brain off, play, you know, Wordle on the commute and, you know, hope for the best, hope it all goes smoothly and then get to Friday and like get to actually live a little bit or catch up on house cleaning or whatever you've got to do and then just repeat. And when you think that's all life is, it's pretty easy to not feel like anything you do will contribute to some sort of meaningful improvement. You know, a lot of people get jaded fairly early on in life, so they just kind of ride it out. Uh, the other side of it, those who do perhaps see, uh, you know, they have a little bit more sense of control or uh, feel like they can influence their lives. I think uh, self-destruction gives an out. If we like to entertain the idea that I can do all of these things, I can build this business, I can build a personal brand, I can get the you know position I want or start the company or invest or whatever, 
but not really committing to it. And instead, uh, you know, cutting out at five o'clock to go to the bar or, you know, messing around on our phone when we know we should be doing something better. Uh, I think it gives us an out of, well, you know, maybe if I just went all in, then I would be able to do the thing I said. But because you're kind of, uh, pardon the expression, like half pregnant, that uh, you're not going, going to get the traction you could otherwise, but I think it gives you a mental out of, well, maybe if I had fully committed, then of course I would have succeeded. But because I didn't, well, that's the reason. Not because I didn't, uh, you know, I wasn't good enough or smart enough or uh, effective enough. It's much easier to uh, say that, well, maybe if I just worked harder rather than, well, my product sucks or my service wasn't very good and that's why I failed. Yeah, exactly. So you talked about those destructive habits and how people give up really easily most of the time. But how can we offer a piece of advice about changing those destructive habits starting fresh? What would you be? Yeah, I think, I mean, unless you were absolutely completely new in your career or like a, or a teenager, um, I think it's one important to realize that if you're starting something new, you're not starting from zero, you're starting from experience. Uh, I think there's a lot of apprehension in people who are perhaps a little further in their careers, maybe in their late 30s, 40s, 50s of going to pursue a new venture when they've perhaps been with the same business or in the same industry for you know, a decade or two. And thinking, oh my God, I've given, I'm giving so much up. I've worked so hard already. Why, you know, how could I give that up? Um, the reality is, like, you can take all of that experience and apply it to the new thing. Life is additive. It's not, uh, you know, you do one thing and it just nothing applies. It's not like transferring colleges and you know juggling credits. If you worked in an in, in an industry, you can take what you learn there and apply it to something new. Starting a business or you know, starting some other project. Uh, I have a background in psychology. I didn't go to film school, but I run a video company. You know, I, I took what I learned in college and applied it in a way that made sense and gave me a competitive advantage against those who went the traditional path. While others were studying composition and film history and directing styles, I was learning about human behavior and neuroscience and chemistry. It's just a different way of looking at the world. So, you know, the, the key takeaway is realize that wherever you're starting, you have a different vantage point than everyone else is, who is doing that thing. Yeah, exactly. No, I know a lot of people, like you said, they go for a certain major and they end up doing something different. And you, you always need to tell them or they need to tell themselves just because you go in that certain field when you say you're going to that college for that certain degree, it doesn't ultimately define who you are. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, it's only the starting point. And I would counter that anyone who's like, I didn't learn it in college. I can't do it. Education starts when you leave college. Exactly. So one of my other questions that I love to talk about, and I think it really drives on people's, the way people live their lives. Like for you, you're an entrepreneur. For other people, they might work a nine to five job, but ultimately scheduling is essential. And 
for scheduling, it, some people might be more of a morning person or some people might be more of an evening late night person. So this is your personal opinion and that's why I'd love to hear from you. Do you view yourself as a morning person? And if you do, how do you become a morning person? And do you think it is a key for success? Yeah, I, I love this question because anytime you look for like, you know, habits of successful people, this is usually going to be there, uh, you know, ranging from the absurdly early of, you know, waking up at three in the morning or versus others were like, yeah, get up at like six or something, you know, get a start on your day. And that I think that creates this kind of uh, friction of like, well, can I be successful? You know, am I on am I an entrepreneur if I'm not doing these things? You know, is that what's holding me back? And I have kind of a couple uh, ways of looking at the morning person question of, I am not naturally a morning person. I've gotten a little bit better uh, as I've gotten older. Uh, and it also hugely depends on time of year. I live in Michigan. So, you know, in the heart of winter, we don't get a ton of daylight. So that's pretty tough. Uh, but it doesn't really matter when I'm waking up because it's going to be dark at 9am. It's going to be just as dark at 6am or 5am. So that doesn't really matter. Um, I think unless you have a business that is, you know, tied to the stock markets, or you have a job that you're working, you know, as your primary income, or you have kids, I don't think you need to be an early riser to be successful. I think a lot of people feel like they have to force it. And they're operating on like, you know, 50% capacity versus if they just slept in until eight and worked a little bit later in the day, they would probably be that much happier. Uh, the On the tactical side of, you know, how do you become more of a morning person if you do have some, some of those constraints, uh, the most common of which is probably having kids. Uh, I've got a toddler, so I need to get up earlier if I'm going to have any time with my family during the day. Uh, some things that have helped with me is one to control when you go to bed as a higher priority than when you wake up, uh, cutting caffeine after a certain point in the day, you know, 1 PM, 3 PM, whatever works for you, uh, you know, reducing screen time before bed. There's a lot of like tactical stuff of, you know, lowering your temperature, uh, you know, sleeping under certain conditions. But I think the core piece of it is to create something that you will wake up to that you don't despise. Because if you're just dreading when you're hearing your alarm go off, you are not going to stick with it for very long. And you're going to kind of run into this cycle of you'll probably stick with it for like a week or two. And then it'll start to slip. You know, you'll have a day where like, I can't do it today. I'm going to sleep in. And then the next day you're up a little bit later and it figuring out like where your sweet spot is and what is going to make you feel good. I think is far more important than like grind and hustle and like make yourself do it. Because if you're straining that hard to just get out of bed, you're losing finite energy to apply to the rest of the day. Yeah, I would agree with that because I think a lot of people, they see all these million dollar people, billion dollar people getting up at 4 a.m. Like, oh, let's follow the rocks routine. He gets up at 4 a.m., <laughs> goes to the gym or whatever. And it's just like, or people will say, hey, like I'm going to wake up at five, go to the gym or whatever. But I'm telling you from personal experience on trying to get up at those times, you're going to the gym. Your gym, 
like workout routine then isn't that effective then because you're so groggy in the morning and you're like, oh, I'm here. I don't want to be here where I agree with your point. Just wake up, sleep that extra hour in or two, get up at that eight o'clock point. And yeah, the gym might be busy at five o'clock, but at least you're fully awake when you're going to do stuff like that. And um, yeah, that's kind of my point on that one. I don't know if you have anything else to add, but. Yeah, I mean, I, the overlying thing is really to do stuff for a reason, not just because you see someone else doing it. And I think the the concept of looking at society's outliers, like the absolute top peak performers is like, that's what I should do. Like They're in a very different place than we are. I mean, uh, looking at you know someone like The Rock, you're like, that's absurd. It, we're not in the same spot. You know, I, I don't think anyone... Uh, is going to have a you know a business that looks like his or you know the obligations that he has. So finding things that you can borrow you know conceptually and apply it in your life in a way that works. You know, but doing things just because others are doing them, like the whole monkey see monkey do, you know, uh, you know, fail to succeed idea is pointless. Like it creates so much strife and frustration and comparison that it just doesn't make any sense. Exactly. And the ultimate goal is to stop comparing yourself to others and be who you want to be and be yourself. And throughout becoming yourself, I think, honestly, the best thing you can do for yourself is to learn. I think being uncomfortable, learning, and developing yourself are some essential things you can do. And ways you can do that, as we talked about earlier, or through other podcasts. There are other podcasts similar to this, or maybe books. So RJ, would you recommend any books or podcasts in helping find somebody's motivation or improve their mindset? Yeah. Um, I cannot remember the author. It was the first book I ever read on uh, personal development, but a, a book called The Slight Edge it introduced concepts that uh, we, we tend to think in terms of like big monumental shifts and major milestones and big changes, but it introduced the idea that small incremental changes over time will create massive change if sustained. You know, the whole idea of, you know, 1% improvement, 5% change uh, versus like, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to work out for two hours a day and I'm going to grind. I'm going to call a hundred people and I'm going to read five books a week. Like, don't be crazy. Just like read five pages a day to start. Like, just don't be a weirdo and like, just be a person. Uh, but the idea is as you can incrementally add in new things that will, uh, you know, compound over time, it can really change your life fairly quick. I mean, I, I think if more people looked at uh, their lives from a sense of if you start introducing positive habits that make you a more uh, more efficient human, whatever way that means for you, then a year from now, things could look fairly differently. And I'm not saying you're going to be driving a you know Corvette and you know working from a hammock and like that kind of crazy stuff, but just who you are as a person, like people will notice. And I, I think if we can compound that over time, I mean, I, what someone can do in a decade, I think is pretty, pretty impressive. Exactly. Is there anything else that you would like to share, RJ, to the whole audience 
that maybe is a powerful message that you've once heard that you want to share? I would say that uh, for anyone listening uh, or watching, if you haven't heard it recently, that you matter, what you're doing is important, and even if no one is paying attention yet, just keep going. Because everything starts at that point, the valley of death of trying to get traction. And it can feel like it's, you know, taking up too much time or effort. But just hang on and see see where it goes, because you'll be thankful that you did. So hang on. Believe in yourself before anyone else believes in you. You got this. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on to today's episode, RJ. Really appreciate having you as a guest. I would love to stay in touch with you, connect. For other people that want to reach out to you, how can they do that? LinkedIn is uh, probably the best way to get in touch with me. I'm pretty active there at RJ Parrish. uh, Or you can go to my website, evokemedialabs.com. Perfect. Sounds good. Well, Thank you very much. You have a great rest of your day and enjoy the rest of your week. And hopefully you are crushing your goals. All right. Thanks, Ethan. Grinding every day until your dreams coming true. Yeah, grinding every day until your dreams coming true. Yeah, grinding every day until your dreams coming true. Wanna make it happen? Well, it all starts with you. Start with flipping the mentality, making visions reality. Screw all the practicality, wasn't meant for normality. Time to unlike the beast, so bring out all of your savagery. All in every day, how it has to be.